0: I'm going to say the word incredible a lot and it's going to sound annoying, isn't it? We have a very very special episode today. I am I am super super excited about this. Uh <laughs> We've actually tried this before, and uh, everything fell apart, and it was a gigantic, massive failure.
1: And for some reason, I'm back.
0: <laughs> and for some reason, she's back. So a couple, uh, I guess it was a week ago, We the last episode, we said that the next episode was going to be Ocean's 8. And we decided it would be a really cool episode to finally convince my wife to come on. And she actually came on the show... With my sister and all three of us recorded what was a very, very fun episode. It was amazing. It was. It was the best ever podcast episode that anybody will ever not hear uh, because...
1: <laughs> Charlie failed.
0: I failed at recording. Yeah. There was <laughs> about, what, two hours in, we realized that it had stopped recording.
1: So we're thinking that we missed like, you know, 20 minutes of the last 20 minutes or something.
0: Right. And whenever uh, I plugged in the external recorder I was using and looked at the file,
1: nothing was there.
0: There was no file. Yeah. And uh, I was I was a bit devastated. So, Oceans Eight will probably attempt it again whenever uh, it comes out on Blu-ray. But I'm I'm a little too emotionally heart-wrenched to give it uh, another go. But another movie that I definitely wanted to bring my wife on, who I think I'm allowed to name now. Can I name you? Is that okay? Sure. Yes. My wife is Kristen. Hello. And she's sitting here in uh, the actual studio here with me today. In
1: my pajama pants.
0: In your, in your pajama <laughs> pants, yes. Uh, traveled all the way down the stairs yep. to join me.
1: I even brought the dog with me.
0: Yes. I've replaced Dan with my wife, Kristen, which is a gigantic upgrade, I have to say. And uh, we also, obviously, because we don't have Dan, we also don't have Mr. Frodo. And so we have replaced Mr. Frodo with uh, my awesome dog, Copper, who is sitting on the bed, in my office. Sleeping. Kind of sleeping. So
1: Yeah, he's conked out.
0: Yes, he's, he's pretty knocked out. And we are going to talk about, I keep wanting to say The Incredibles 2, but it is not The Incredibles it's 2. It's
1: Incredibles 2.
0: Just Incredibles 2, even though the first one is called not The Incredibles. Not
1: just Incredibles 2, Incredibles 2.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they named it this.
1: Because it sounds better?
0: It does. It does have a little bit better of a flow. I don't know why. I guess the number of syllables is the same between The Incredibles and Incredibles 2.
1: It's just, it's what you say when you talk about it. Have you seen Incredibles 2 yet?
0: Right. It would. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So we haven't actually, somehow we have not talked about any Pixar movies since uh, really? we started. Yeah.
1: That's a major oversight.
0: Yeah. Well, only one has come out and that was Coco. And we were going to record it and it just didn't work out. And we weren't doing very many movie episodes back then. But now, of course, we have a whole movie podcast and... It would be absurd if we skipped over my favorite uh, movie production company.
1: And your favorite movie within that production company.
0: Yes. Well, The Incredibles. Uh, for a very long time, I've always considered my favorite Pixar movie.
1: Has that changed?
0: Well, it's it's in competition with WALL-E. That's fair. Which seems to be less popular uh, than The Incredibles, but they both are very, very different movies, and I love them dearly for different reasons, but The Incredibles... Has been at the top of my list for a very long time. It's also the only Pixar movie that I've ever wanted a sequel for. Like I've liked most of the sequels that they've done, but every one of them, it's kind of like, ah, do we really, do we really need a Finding uh, Dory?
1: I loved Finding Dory. So does our son. Right. It's one of his favorites. That and Cars Three.
0: Yep, yep, and the Cars movies as well. Never asked for a sequel, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the Cars movies. I know that I love Cars the hate on Three. Them.
1: Cars 2 was entertaining, but I didn't feel like it was up to the Pixar uh, level that most right. their movies are, but it was good.
0: If anybody's questioning the level of Pixar love here, me and my lovely wife have seen every single Pixar movie since, at the very least, Cars 2, because we saw that on our honeymoon. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we saw some of them together before that.
1: We, yeah, because that wasn't the first one that we saw together. Right. I don't remember what the first one was, though.
0: But we have not missed any Pixar movies in theaters, and I don't plan on missing any anytime soon, unless they start doing the Marvel thing and coming out with like thirty a year. But even then,
1: doesn't look like that's going to happen no, anytime no, soon.
0: Not, not quite.
1: Although the Disney movies are, some of those are starting to come up to pixar level
0: well yeah so since the merger and uh ed catmull and john Lasseter, who we i guess should not really talk about uh since they've kind of taken over and brought a lot of the like managerial style stuff over to the uh disney animation the Pixar team,
1: style is bleeding into disney and making them much better
0: <laughs> yeah and like since wreck it ralph i think no, oh, no i think tangled was the first one there has been a radical change in Disney Animation Studios, and their stuff has been incredible. Frozen
1: was amazing.
0: Right. Yeah. Frozen was great. Wreck-It Ralph was great. Um, Big Hero 6 was amazing. Yes,
1: Big Hero 6 was really good. That's like Pixar category.
0: Yes, definitely. And if anybody's interested in uh, reading about you know, that whole thing, there's a, a really great book by Ed Catmull called Creativity Inc. that I would highly, highly recommend. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Pixar generally.
1: Back to Incredibles 2?
0: Yes, we are here to talk about Incredibles 2. So we've talked about it uh, kind of a decent amount, but obviously... It took us
1: a while to see it.
0: It did. It's been out for over a week. Which Um, is
1: crazy, because usually we don't wait that long, but we had to wait for (laughs) childcare.
0: But it's hard for us to go see Pixar movies now that we have kids uh, that we don't want to see the movies with, because we want to watch them on our own first time. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. It it was not an appropriate movie for... Our broad would have gotten scared.
0: Before we get into, like, overall impressions then, let's let's talk uh, talk about that for a second. There was a point... I don't think I've talked to you about this. There was a point in the movie that I thought I heard Frozone say the word damn. And I was like, surely I misunderstood that. And I, I wrote it down whenever... After the movie, I wrote a bunch of notes. And I wrote it down. And then I looked it up later.
1: That'd be kind of edgy for Pixar.
0: Well, so they did. Oh, really? Yeah. They said damn. And they said... I missed that. Hell. Which... Cars, one of the cars has said hell before, and apparently that was a big deal too. And so, yeah, it was kind of like weird.
1: Cause like they've had a joke or two before, and you know, usually they have a couple jokes that are meant for a higher, you know, older audience, but the younger audience is just unaware.
0: Exactly. It's, and it's, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, I'm kind of on the camp. I know this isn't probably popular, but I'm kind of on the camp that's like, if you can avoid it in a movie that is going to be mostly like marketed towards kids, you might as well. Like, Did it really make the movie better than if he had said, darn, you know what I mean? I don't know.
1: That's a whole nother conversation.
0: Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, anyway,
1: to me it was more the fighting and the like intensity of the right. violence and
0: And there was a couple scenes action. that were legitimately scary uh, yes. around the the whole screen slaver stuff.
1: I mean, not like not overly crazy. There's plenty of Disney movies that would be equal in oh, that yeah, level, yeah, yeah. but I th- I think in my mind Pixar is has always been appropriate for a much younger audience. Then maybe like, you know, The Lion King or one of those kind of intense movies would be.
0: I mean, like Brave, I remember thinking was was kind of on the scarier side with the, with the bear.
1: Have we watched that with our kids yet?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we I did. I think we did. Yeah.
1: I think that was a little bit before like our oldest was quite old enough to be scared. Yes. Yeah. He's recently entered into a phase where everything is scary.
0: Well, and like just what was it to our on father's day we watched uh boss baby yes and that was the first time uh our child has teared up while watching a movie because of like an emotional moment emotional. in the movie like uh the kid like couldn't find his parents or his parents went away and he's like did his parents leave and we both looked at each other like uh it doesn't oh, help no. that
1: charlie looked at him and goes yes just like we're going to do <laughs> I think that kind of had something to do with it.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, and I was pinching him. Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and get to like overall impressions. Then
1: it was amazing.
0: Like, what are your feelings towards the first one, and then how do, would you like relate them to this? So
1: one? I was a little. So I never, I did not see Incredibles, The Incredibles, in <laughs> the theater. Um, that was before. I was really into movies. I didn't grow up going to the theater like you did. It wasn't really until we met that I started really becoming a movie connoisseur.
0: But you were you were day. into like Monsters, Inc. before that, weren't you? I
1: was not allowed to watch Monsters, Inc. growing up.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just gloss right over that. Did you forget that about that? I did. I actually We've had did. this
1: conversation. I remember before. that was like
0: one of your favorites. So that was what I was thinking. I did
1: really like Monsters Inc. Yes, but I don't think I had seen it until after we were dating. <laughs> There's hardly any movies that we'd. Seen. I'd seen. You've got mail.
0: You've got mail is incredible.
1: Yeah, that was when I seen. And I saw some like classic Disney movies, but for the most part, was not. A, you know, we weren't a family that saw new releases,
0: right? Right. Either
1: renting or at the theater. We just. Didn't so I didn't see The Incredibles until it may have been after we were married. Oh man! Before I first watched The Incredibles,
0: it was probably me being like, "This movie is so amazing,"
1: which was probably part of it because you probably overplay it. it? I don't know. I just remember watching it and it was like, "Ah, you know, another cartoon superhero movie." It wasn't. It was good. I mean, it was Pixar, but it didn't rank in my top like five Pixar movies.
0: I think the thing with that movie is Brad Bird, generally in everything that he's done, but especially in The Incredibles, is like one of the best directors around probably even better than Steven Spielberg at like blocking action sequences and like the creativity in the way that he uses all the different superpowers and like, especially that scene in the first one where they're going through the woods and like we see Violet kind of using her invisibility for the first time and Jack Jack running in that whole chase sequence with the saucer uh, things. But then they all run into each other and there's this like, really great scene where they're all fighting and they're all sort of utilizing each other's powers it's a thing that even like the really big dc and marvel movies i don't think they are filled with as much creativity and part of it might just be they're harder because they're live action and it's like he has more flexibility with the animation but there's just something about those like i would still easily put the incredibles as my favorite superhero movies and it's not like a cop-out cheap like well i like that and yeah it's a superhero it's not like a die hard as a christmas movie kind of thing it's like for the reasons i like superhero movies right the incredibles excels at all of those better it, it was than definitely
1: anybody. good it just didn't you know stick out in my you know top five pixar yeah. movies
0: no and uh, yeah that makes sense but so how did you feel about this one Then
1: it was really really good i liked it way better than the first one
0: I, so I know there's a little bit of that, um, what is it called? Recency bias. I know Absolutely. that's playing into And I saw
1: it in the theaters.
0: Right. You know, and you didn't so see the like, first one in the that theaters. That obviously
1: is going to be a much different, uh, experience than just watching the DVD after the fact. But I just really enjoyed the story.
0: Yeah. I think I agree. Like, I, cause I'm kind of in the same boat. I came out of this and I was like, I went into this slightly concerned, like, you always go into these types of movies with that where it's like a beloved movie and especially when it's been given a lot of time and you're like, is this gonna like tarnish the the feeling of the first one in my mind? And I came out of it thinking like I think I liked that more on most levels. So like both movies are really fun, interesting movies about like family and parenting. Mm Mm-hmm. And this one, I feel like I liked that aspect of it a lot more.
1: And it was very relatable. Like, I feel like there's absolutely a fact that we're in that stage of life right now. So, like, (laughs) it is very relatable to us and the humor of being a parent and juggling all the kids.
0: You literally, like, two hours ago, were telling me that you forgot to get batteries.
1: I did forget to get batteries. (laughs) And, like, when that (laughs) happened in
0: that movie, I laughed so hard because I'm like... Oh my gosh! I could like it literally like stressed me out hearing him say that because I'm like I've been there like that's the worst <laughs> when you're like oh I got batteries Oh, they're the triple A's not the double A's now we still can't fix this toy that you know our son just desperately needs right now right but uh it's weird the first one I feel like had a little bit more of the like midlife crisis aspects of it mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I've I've like hit that stage I mean there's elements that I still feel but. This one, weirdly, even though it comes later, I feel like this one hits more on the like having a baby and just being exhausted, not from the actual work, but just from the, the constantness lack of, of, sleep. of it. Yeah. And the lack of sleep, yes. And like that whole like everything with Bob and the the kids, that all that stuff was incredible to me. I'm going to say the word incredible a lot and it's going to sound annoying, isn't it? <laughs> but like, yeah, I I think I agree that the actual, like, family dynamic plot line or subplot. I don't know what you call that. I liked that better in this one than in yes, the first I one. I agree.
1: Because in the first one, it was like he was at a job that he didn't like. And so the days just kind of dragged on. And he was right. trying to get through it for his family. And she was at home kind of juggling everything. She had given up her career to stay home. And it was just more cliche, I guess, as far as, like, that plot line story mm-hmm. goes. And this one, I feel like, was more unique. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the, um, Bob trying to juggle everything and the, and then figuring it out. Like it wasn't like he was useless and couldn't do it. It was just like, you know, it takes time to figure out how to juggle everything and do it in a way that works for you. And, and they had superpowers.
0: (laughs) Right. Yes. And they had superpowers. Very (laughs) thankful
1: you don't have to deal with that.
0: (laughs) That is definitely true. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I do definitely appreciate that. It wasn't like the lesson was. I learned how hard it is for you. It's not like he was like, your job is so easy. And they got in an argument about whose job was easier. And then they learned that the other one's job was harder. It was kind of just like, she had to be away from the kids and kind of feel that. And then he like had to be constantly with the kids and deal with that. And it wasn't that they weren't expecting it. It was just, this is hard and we have to work through it. And like, especially the stuff with him where he's like doing that sort of juggling act of like, I'm miserable, but I don't want to like, complain Say that I'm to miserable. my wife because then she's gonna come <laughs> That's home
1: totally you <laughs> yeah
0: like there's times where like you'll text me because like I'll try to make sure you get nights out or whatever and I'll, you'll text me like how are they doing and it's like screaming you know they're running around one of them's right? on fire and a demon baby right and uh and I'm just like <laughs> yeah they're raccoon. doing really good like everybody's playing really nice and I'm not gonna lie right and then right. after you get home I'll tell you all the miserable things but I'm like afraid Or it of might you be nine o'clock
1: and you'll mention that they're still awake, but then not mention all the other stuff going on. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So like yeah, it was just it, it felt like this one really hit more on like things I'm going through right now. Yeah. Especially than uh the original did when I was like fourteen. <laughs> but the only thing I'll say like that I feel like this one was weaker on in terms of story than the first one was the villain. Like the actual villain in terms of the cape villain, you know, actual bad guy part of it. I thought like the screen slaver was actually kind of funny and like
1: it was unique. Yeah,
0: it was unique. It kind of had the, like it was creepy, but like in a successful way, I guess, like especially that scene where she's like reaches her arm under the table or under the door and it goes up to unlock it and you see it for a split second. Mm -hmm. I think everybody in the theater like legit jumped because that that was was just super creepy. But the fact that it was the like CEO girl Mm -hmm. and her motivations, That was, like, the whole movie, I'm just like, please don't let it be her. Like, that is so, like, cliche. And it's not that it was a big deal, right? But it was just one of those where Syndrome in the first one was such an, like, amazing bad guy that was really unique. And Syndrome was really, really good. And this one felt more, like, kind of cliche. It's
1: been so long since I've seen the first one that I don't really remember. Hmm. But I do agree that this was kind of cliche. Like... Well, I don't think the screen slaver was. I no, think right. it was the fact that it was her because I actually thought that the, like, hypnotizing was unique.
0: Yeah, I liked that.
1: And a, like, kind of less violent, scary way to do a superhero movie for kids. Right. But, like, I knew from the beginning that it was one of the two of them. Like, from the very beginning. Exactly. It was very obvious. It was just, was... was it him or was it her? And it, you know, kind of hinted that it was her. So it wasn't this, like, big reveal or anything
0: exactly and that's not again it's not like it's bad it's just kind of one of those where it's like uh, like this is one of the only knocks on the storyline because everything else felt so tight yeah and also like the hypnotism thing gave us an excuse to have a bunch of ridiculously creative fights between all of our heroes and then a bunch of new superheroes that have pretty interesting funny powers yes like definitely my favorite was the portal girl void void yes like, I, did you? You never played Portal, did you? Mm-mm. Okay, I think you may have seen me playing it once, and I told you to stop watching because it <laughs> might give you motion sickness. Because that oh, her yeah. powers literally are that game where you can throw portals and you can jump between them. But the big thing about that game, and I feel like the thing that Brad Bird really like played with here, was the fact that you maintain momentum when you go through them. So like the that whole scene where, uh, uh, what's her name, Helen. Elastigirl was falling yes. and she kept throwing them and then like shooting her up in the air because like the portals like, would reverse.
1: Because yeah, she hadn't put her shoot out yet.
0: Yeah. Because
1: like, she was trying to save the other girl.
0: Right. Yes. That like That stuff was just so much fun. All of the fighting with all the portal stuff I thought was really, really cool.
1: Yeah. And I love that it introduced other characters as well. Like other superheroes and kind of like let you see other powers and abilities and yeah it kind of allowed them to play around with stuff and do new things yeah on the all,
0: boat. all those fights were just really like I, creative is just the best word i can come up with but it's one of those where it's like i feel like i'm gonna just, watch you don't them. know what's
1: gonna come next
0: yeah like, exactly I feel like when you're
1: talking about like the main superheroes that you already know and you already know their powers you kind of you kind of know how a scene is going to go as far as who's going to do what and how they're going to save this so throwing in all these new characters with different powers. And then having them even fight each other. You don't know what's coming next. You don't know who is gonna like what creative way are they gonna solve this yeah. predicament that they're in. Um as far as you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. It really was like there was just it was just really fun. The other action sequence that was like really, really awesome was that whole train sequence with the with the bike.
1: Yes. Yes, when she first goes to the city.
0: Yeah. I feel like that scene alone had more, like, creative use of Elastigirl's powers than most, like, big superhero movies have, like, in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like, especially once, like, you realize the bike could split in half and she could, like, take advantage of the fact that, you know, she could, like, go on the walls because she can go on both sides of the, like, tunnel and, like, all these different things with that. I just thought that was really, really fun. It was fun. Um, so let's move on to... I guess we've kind of already talked about the characters... Um, I mean sort
1: of. I feel like we talked about Bob and Helen a lot. I don't think we've talked about the kids at all. Yeah, we
0: haven't really touched on the kids no. like at all, have we?
1: And they their storylines were great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jack Jack in particular was
1: hilarious.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it kind of felt like once you realize that he was gonna have every power, it's like, is this gonna like feel kinda old? Like is it gonna have one of those like, well, why didn't they do this kind of feeling? But because he's a baby and it's all random? Right. It never got old. You're always like, what's going to happen? And even
1: going forward, because it, like, on one hand, you have the, like, does it feel cheap that he has every single power? But Edna, is that right? Mm hmm. So she even mentioned that, like, it's not uncommon for babies to have multiple powers.
0: Yeah. So they can, like, pick one.
1: Yeah. So, like, if they ever do a third one, like, he can lose some.
0: Right. Or it could be, like, an adolescent with
1: multiple powers and, like,
0: trying to control that or something. I, yeah, there's so much they could explore, but that raccoon fight was, <laughs> that may have been like...
1: My favorite part of the movie.
0: <laughs> I think that was my favorite part of the movie. I was just cracking up that whole time.
1: It was hilarious.
0: Like awkward, snort laughing, just constantly. I, I The biggest thing was that raccoon's like face. Something about <laughs> like the horror on its face when it kept realizing like, what is going on?
1: You're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but then it didn't leave.
0: That's true. It kept like trying it to pick a fight. It didn't, didn't it? run
1: off. It kind of was stubborn. It was
0: asking for it. It was. Yeah. But they never killed the raccoon. So that no. was nice. I kind of half expected that, to There'll have a another good then, dinosaur and, and, moment where I'm like, what? Three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There'll be an army raccoon of raccoons. The will come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then I feel like the next kid that had the next amount of like focus was Violet. Yes. And I thought I thought her storyline was really fun like interesting
1: yeah i thought it was great
0: like bob having to sort of deal with that and again it wasn't in that cliche like dad's so awkward it feels like he genuinely cared he
1: he like screwed up but didn't realize he screwed up like it was unintentional he didn't think about like he didn't even technically screw up He followed and probably did the things that he should have done, which is to tell his superior that one of them had been seen. And then, you know, did not really thinking through what they would do or even knowing that they would completely erase Violet from his memory. Right. So but then owning up to the fact that like he caused that to happen. And then how do I fix this?
0: And like his apology just felt so sincere. I don't know. All the interactions between the families feel so real Mm -hmm. and like sincere. Which, I don't know, I don't know if the animation makes that easier, but, like, I feel like real movies with real actors don't have the same chemistry, even, that I feel like this movie has with families. Like, something about that family just legitimately feels like this real family with all this history, and I don't know.
1: Like, it's not a perfect family, and they don't all get along all the time.
0: Yeah, it's not like Leave at the Beaver, but it's also not, like, angst and everybody's mad at each other all the time, either. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, who is probably my favorite character in all the Incredibles and is still my favorite in this one, but I feel like he kind of got a little bit of a backseat, was Dash. The fact that the big thing that Bob had to figure out with him was his math homework. Which was
1: hilarious. It was very, and very funny. Again, relatable. Yeah. But.
0: But it never felt like it was that big of a deal to Dash.
1: It wasn't like they developed him as a character.
0: Yeah, yeah. It helped yeah. develop
1: Bob, but it didn't really develop Dash at all.
0: Right. But he was still amazing. And something about like his little laugh he gives whenever he gets excited. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he found his dad's uh, remote for the car. Yes,
1: that was hilarious. That
0: whole, everything with the car was really, really great. Yeah. And then we already talked about the villains. And Edna. And Edna. I'm Edna's glad great. she made an appearance. Yes. That's uh, that's actually Brad Bird that does the voice. Oh, really? <laughs> the director. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> is really funny when you that. see him
0: because it doesn't look like that yeah. should be him. But yeah, he's he's very, very funny. And yeah, her character is awesome. Let's go ahead and move on to like just the general aesthetic, which isn't really a section that I would talk about with most movies. But the like future or retro futuristic 60s era thing that they do with these movies is so awesome. And this one, I feel like amped that up even more than the original. Like even starting out with the opening Disney logo and Pixar logo being in that like,
1: the Super comic book. Super deep red. Yeah.
0: Oh, in like really high contrast. It just looked so cool. It
1: was, it was very polished. And then
0: combined with Michael Giacchino's, or Giacchino's, I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce his name. Combined with that, like ridiculously good score and, uh, you know, opening up and it's quiet and it has that sort of James Bond 60s like Yeah, the, the music
1: sounded exactly like the first Incredibles. Oh,
0: it's so good. I... I think that is probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. You gotta like,
1: get our son hooked on that one. Uh,
0: yeah, he's listened to it quite a bit, even in the past. But yeah, especially lately, he's been listening to it a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so ready to be done with the Cars soundtrack.
0: Yeah, yes. The Cars soundtrack does not live in the same pantheon of uh, soundtracks for me. But yeah, the Incredible soundtrack is in like this category of soundtracks that I listen to a lot. And it might even... Like, it's up there with, like, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and, like, The Social Network, which is not a normal one for most people. But, like, as, like, my favorite soundtracks that I just listen to all the time. And it's so unique. Like, the only other movie I can think of that kind of lives in the same uh, era is, like, Catch Me If You Can. Have you ever seen that one? Yes. Gosh, that movie's so good. With you. (laughs) I'm sure, yeah. That, like, and that's John Williams, I think. But, like, that, I don't know. I guess it's that, like, 60s... Uh, there's probably a name for it, and and all the big band stuff also is just it's so so good. I I love it. So one thing we haven't talked about is this movie had a warning at the very beginning.
1: Oh yes, to tell yeah, us that was kind of a big deal.
0: That there's flashing lights and that there's like a, a seizure, possible yeah. seizures could occur. And so uh, the story there, I think, and you probably you probably know it better than me
1: a little bit. I don't I know a ton. I think there was I, some sort of medical. Event.
0: Oh, so like something actually did happen. Incident,
1: I guess, would be better. Interesting. But I'm not positive. So, because this was before we saw the movie. Right. And so I saw it come up on Reddit that they had to add, that they had to add a warning beforehand. And with the things that I was reading, I kind of took that to mean that there had been an incident or even multiple incidents, but I don't know for sure. Okay. Because I was trying not to read too much because I hadn't seen the movie right, yet. Right. You
0: didn't want to spoil And anything, I didn't right?
1: want any, yeah, I didn't want any spoilers or anything, but... I was a little worried because I get like motion like migraines,
0: headaches, yeah. Like
1: really bad migraines from motion. Yeah,
0: we kind of sat in the back of the theater yeah, like, so in anticipation I was, of that.
1: And there's been movies in the past that I couldn't watch. Cloverfield. Like Cloverfield specifically. And so I was kind of but the flashing lights didn't really bother me that much cuz there wasn't a lot of movement mixed in.
0: It was it was one of those things where like knowing it going in whenever it happened it was like, oh, that that's the scene. But yeah. I don't think I would have had the thought
1: when she was in the cage where it was like because because there's multiple there parts right. Scene. there's there's the like basically continually throughout the movie when it's flashing on random screens right and that wasn't i don't think i mean who knows if you have epilepsy sure, or something right. that might be a big deal but the scene when um she's in the cage and it's all around that was pretty intense yeah i did have yeah. to close my eyes because oh, okay. yeah i mean it wasn't like it crazy bothered me but it was a lot it was enough that I was like worried because like once you get a headache,
0: it, yeah, it you have a headache. Away.
1: Yeah. So it was enough that it, like, like I just went ahead and closed my eyes just to be right sure. But like, but who? That's totally different. Like motion sickness would be totally different than setting off somebody, True. somebody's epilepsy or whatever. So, but that I still felt like that was a pretty intense, yeah, scene.
0: And then at the very end, when they were on the boat and it kind of took up, like there was a whole giant back screen mm-hmm. where they got everybody as they were taking a picture. That one, there was a couple times where they kept like they cut to that like area, yeah, and there'd be like a quick shot where it took up most of the screen, and I remember thinking like, yeah, that seems like that's pretty strong there right. too. So yeah, the things that I saw when I've seen things was that like people noticed it and brought it up, like I can't believe they are doing this. Like I wonder if that's going to cause problems. And it said like to the point where Disney put a warning at the beginning to be but safe. I, right. I didn't hear anything about it actually triggering anything. But I have no idea. It definitely seems like it could. Be looking it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm just
1: curious, like if.
0: Yeah, quickly googling it, everything is about how they uh, they issued a warning. It feels like if it Mm -hmm. actually did cause something, that would be news. But maybe not. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was just like out of caution, which is which you should, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, no, no. I'm definitely glad that they did. Like after seeing it, it's like, you know, I don't know very much about epilepsy, but like. That's not something you want to, like, joke around about, I feel like. Right. Yeah. If anybody's listening that knows more about it, I'd be curious to hear uh, what you guys think about it. But it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Like, I saw a lot of people saying, like, how did they not test for this? But it could be that they did and that it... Because this seems like a thing that, like, there's standards probably built around, right? I mean, there might not be, but it, it seems like movies have been doing stuff like this for a very long time. You'd think if it was a big deal it would have like there would be some sort of standard around you know you need this body regulatory body they're like looking out for this kind of stuff and like there's certain labels you that
1: there's other movies like this version
0: i mean there's lots of movies that have flashing lights and stuff in them heck cloverfield is an example where <laughs> there's that scene where there's like the emergency light flashing while like the building is yeah, sideways I, don't have I mean and,
1: i feel like if you have like a condition such as that that. Like, would a regular movie bother you to begin with? Because exactly. there's usually a lot of cut scenes and like, which is flashing light. Even though the average person viewer might not notice all the cuts, if right. you were s- sensitive to light flashing, like, would like, that bother you? What like, is it that triggers? This yeah, type like, of would stuff? would a regular movie bother you? Like, at what point does it become? Because obviously, too, like, that seems very flashy, like over the top flashy. Right. But then, you know, is it really compared to a regular movie, or is it just?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like. Because you know, if people start, if it becomes like a hashtag that this thing is dangerous and, oh my gosh, Disney messed up, they're going to say, all right, we're going to slap a warning at the beginning. Like, it doesn't matter but whether or not- But was the
1: critique that Disney messed up or was it just that they should add a warning?
0: But I don't know. My, my point is like-
1: Because I think the warning makes sense to say like, hey, this is more than most movies. Right. If, if this is something that affects you, you might want to be extra cautious or
0: whatnot. What I'm saying is like, they may have- tested for this and thought and like came to the conclusion that oh this isn't any worse than normal but when everybody made a big deal out of it they're going to put a warning up because like why would you not that would be dumb it's the
1: easiest pr exactly yeah
0: so yeah i'd definitely be curious to to find out i'll probably read about a little more later just because it's like i don't really understand how that works i know like certain video games put warnings but not all do and there's there's a thing about that too so yeah so one thing that we normally do uh, at the end of ours is kind of give like a Rotten Tomatoes style oh, yeah. rating. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, a percentage rating. And then Dan
1: says a single digit, which is not how uh, Rotten Tomatoes work. Yes.
0: Yeah. He usually screws yeah. it up three or four times and I okay. finally teach him how math works and you know, then we get there. So what would you say your like Rotten Tomatoes rating then is for Incredibles 2?
1: Hmm. I think I'd give it a 90.
0: Nice. That's yeah. definitely good. What would you... So, curiously, what would you put as The Incredibles? The Incredibles, the so, first
1: one. So, I don't know that I can be completely fair because it's just been so long since I've seen it. Right. And I didn't see it on a big screen and that definitely makes
0: But your general... Your feeling towards it. But I it.
1: would say my general feeling towards it would probably be around 80.
0: Okay. So, yeah. this is definitely a big step up. step up, up but yeah. You still like the first one quite a Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. I still yeah, like
1: yeah. the first one. And to me, the first one... I don't know if it was just my expectations because I've definitely seen it multiple times. But it didn't seem... I was also like comparing it as a Pixar movie. Right. And because I'm not as into superheroes, the fact that I'm holding it up to the quality level of Pixar and then it doesn't seem super unique to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. definitely I feel like hurt it a little bit just because I had different expectations.
0: Like when you see Wally or Finding Nemo or some of these movies that are just Yeah,
1: they're just so unique and like different.
0: I yeah. I can see that.
1: Yeah. And creative, brave inside out like it's just something that is totally different versus like a really good superhero movie but still a superhero movie
0: yeah i can i can definitely understand that critique uh well not really critique but that feeling towards yeah. it whereas to me it's like within the superhero genre it is like in a totally different platform and it feels insanely unique for that if that makes sense
1: for incredibles too, i went in it I went into the movie knowing it's a superhero, like not that I didn't know Incredibles was a superhero movie, but like knowing what the first one was. Right. The bar and so is I probably had place. kind of low expectations as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, not low, but lower than like an original Pixar movie. Right. And right. I thought it was just really good.
0: Yeah. I think I would put the first one in like 95, 96% for me. And I think this one is at 95, 96, like maybe even 97. Like it, Right, in, like I said, recency bias is definitely strong right yeah. now.
1: I want to see it again.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I might end up seeing it in <laughs> theaters again because although there's so many movies right now, like
1: there's so trying many to movies keep up right is kind of hard. But we still haven't seen Jurassic World.
0: Yes, yeah, that is the next thing for us to figure out, and hopefully uh, that'll be what the next episode is.
1: Anybody want to watch our kids?
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, no. I don't want a random internet <laughs> person watching our kids. Uh, <laughs> oh wait my mom's the only listener so actually yeah. that works out perfectly hey mom you want to uh, <laughs> watch our kids while we go see Jurassic World thank you <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, want to let us know what you thought of Incredibles 2 or you have any thoughts about um, Pixar movies or any of the stuff we talked about in this episode
1: or if you want to permanently replace Dan with me you can start a campaign
0: okay in all I'm just kidding I
1: really don't want to do them all I'm joking. In
0: all seriousness, there's a decent chance that it'll be a while before Dan actually listens to this episode because he hasn't seen Incredibles 2 yet. So if you are listening to this and it's like the first week of this coming out. Don't hate me, Dan. You should go find Dan on Twitter. I believe it's at Dan Litz, but you can look at the uh, A-Town FM Twitter, hand, uh, Twitter description and you can find his uh, Twitter handle there. And just hashtag him, you've been replaced.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. Just unsolicited, no description at all. You can do the same thing um, on this episode on Facebook, which you can find by going to at A-Town FM and looking for the A-Town at the Movies logo that has uh, The Incredibles on it. And you can also uh, comment on our Instagram at A-Town FM as well. Or you could go to our Reddit at A-Town FM, (laughs) the subreddit. Uh, Yeah. Very consistent here.
1: What about Pinterest?
0: We're not on Pinterest. Not yet. Mm-hmm. We're also not on Snapchat. Ooh. Um, but you can find all this information and more by going to our website at atownmovies.com. Not A-Town FM
1: movies.
0: I know. I know. We're, not consi- we're, we're consistent yeah. on most things, but not that That's thing. That's not
1: very consistent. <sighs>